0: you're listening to episode 38 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna.
1: And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Thursday, December 12th,
0: 2019. Yay, but this episode won't go live till tomorrow. Yeah, that's Friday. true. I was like, wait. Because <laughs> we're talking about an embargoed because we are very fancy. <laughs> so fancy no we're not really but we do have we did have a screener of the new episode of the Mandalorian so we'll be talking about episodes four five and six on this podcast can you believe I think there's only what two episodes left there's only two episodes left so next week is the one that airs Wednesday and yeah. then
1: we're nine just, days later yeah that's that's I don't yes that's, I can't believe like Rise of Skywalker is in like six
0: days my brain is not process that <sighs> what is happening yeah no <laughs> but just like i don't feel like it's next week uh, yeah time what is time Meaningless. also in previous years i don't know if it's like there's more going on i don't know what's what it is but like usually i feel like work ramps down as December approaches, so I really like having a Star Wars movie in December because it's like, oh, work is ramping down, but I can go do this fun thing and write about this fun thing. And this year, for some reason, we're, like, two weeks into December and work ha- work is, like, still, like, really, really busy. And so I'm like, oh, my God, now we have to cover a Star Wars movie next week? Like, how? What is – I just don't – I don't like it. Like, I just – how? 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 There, there are no other words. Do not like. <laughs> do not like.
1: Okay. So, not not so we have some news not of the
0: Star Wars variety,
1: well, but like of a the, lot of
0: it is a Star the Star Wars yeah, variety, yeah. but
1: well, we're going to lead off with the Star, star
0: Trek variety. So, <laughs> in between um I think I've talked about them before, but in between season or in between like Star Trek series, uh CBS All Access puts out what are called short treks, which are like 10 to 15 minute short episodes. Uh, Just like standalone episodes, although some of them do tie into like future seasons. For example, there were short treks uh, in between seasons, I believe one and two of Discovery that tied into what's going to happen in season three or what we think is going to happen. So anyway, so there is a new short trek starring Amrit Kar. And it's really, really cool because it's this like 10 to 15 minute episode where this DC woman is... Like she's the main character, and she interacts. With, all th- I think all three of the short tracks um, released so far are um, feature Captain Pike, Anson Mount, who is very handsome, <laughs> very so handsome, like just very handsome. And so it's a it's a it's a tr- short trek with her and Captain Pike, and it's just I don't know. I just wanted to mention it because she did very, she did a very good job, um, and I'm like campaigning for them to do like a. Uh, like a Star Trek Enterprise spinoff under Captain Pike, because I think Anson Mount is amazing and I love him. And so I would love to, see, and I would love to see more of her. I would love to see more of this character. So anyway, if you have a CBS all access subscription, or if you're planning on getting one for Star Trek Picard, which premieres next month, I can't ah! believe it, um, which um, I think we will probably talk about. I mean, I will talk about it for sure. For sure. Yeah. On the show, we might both get to get around to seeing the first couple of episodes. Um, but if you're make sure you check it out so we can, you know, support our Indian actors. Yay! Mm-hmm. Uh, we also this is this is less
1: news and more of a teaser, I guess, but we just want you all to be ready for some very exciting looking for Leia news that will be forthcoming in the next couple of days. We think, yeah, um. So just a reminder: this is the docu series documentary that Swapna and I both were interviewed for about women and non binary fans of Star Wars, and it's so like we've seen like ser- like some cuts of some of the episodes and and some teasers, and it's like I cry every time. I cry, like, I cry every yeah. time.
0: Yeah, I'm There's... so
1: excited for it to premiere. Somewhere. Yeah,
0: I'm so excited for it, and so we'll, there will be news on some exciting news coming up so just keep an eye out I'm sure Preeti and I will tweet it when we finally are given the green light um and then so I talked about on the I think last episode I don't know we've been doing so many of these I don't remember when I know look at us I know but we're like we're real podcasters look at us we're we're amazing (laughs) um Uh, So I talked about Jedi Fallen, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, the video game that I was really enjoying it, and now you started playing it.
1: Yeah, I started it two nights ago because I was in a lull between everything being submitted, like what even, and waiting on notes for all of my stuff, so I was like, I have time to play video games. And I started it, and I love it a lot. It's so good. It's so good. The like... It's beautiful. It's animated so well. I, I already really love Cameron Monaghan from Shameless. Like, he's one of my favorite characters on Shameless. And so I was super psyched to have him do this game. Although it is a little weird <laughs> playing someone that I know is a real person.
0: Like, that's just a little unsettling. Yeah, but like, the, fine. The, the way that the, I, I both like and don't like the way they've taken to now in video games modeling the character after that actor voicing them
1: yeah it's, it's a it's little unsettling little, it's weird it's like when it's someone that I it, when it's a character who doesn't doesn't reflect a real person like if he had originated this character in a movie or in a cartoon or in something else it maybe it would feel a little different but because the character is originating in the game, I feel like I have full control over this character's destiny in a very strange way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just – it's a little weird. But I do – I will say I do really like um, the I, – I somebody tweeted this and I wish I could give them credit, but I don't – it was just one of those tweets that kind of like came across my timeline. Um, the This story – is so much better than it needs to be. Like, for to sell the gameplay is good enough to where, yeah, a Star Wars game it would have sold well. But like, the story is really good.
1: It, it. I mean, I'm not very far into it. I just got to like the third planet that I've been on, and like, I love BD One. I love their relationship already. I'm so intrigued to see how this goes because yeah. this. So the game takes place after. The Clone Wars, but before um, uh, a New Hope.
0: Yeah, so basically during the the Empire.
1: Yeah, so it's during the Empire. Um, I want to say I don't know if I made this up that it's like sort of like, no, he de- he says it's like five five six years after the end of, after the the Order sixty six, and so right. it's kind of on par with sort of where rebels is ish mm-hmm. right yeah it's a it little
0: it's i think rebels is later because rebels ends right doesn't rebel end sometime around rogue one
1: yeah but well rebels goes past Rogue. Re- rebels ends like um there's like an epilogue i'm
0: no, oh, sorry before the epilogue i think no it doesn't i Office... Uh-uh, it doesn't.
1: We all thought it was going to, but and then it, it
0: yeah, it it bypasses not. all of that
1: entirely. the The closest timeline we can get is there's like specifically is there's a shot of Luke in the Twin Senses tattooing yeah. episode, and he's, and still he's like young. a young boy. He's yeah. like probably between like ten and twelve years old. Uh, so
0: yeah, then you'd be. This is this might be somewhat contemporaneous with Rebels. That yeah, somewhat.
1: Um, so it's just interesting to see like how the and I I have not looked up anything so I don't know how the story ends up going. I don't either, but I'm excited to see where it goes and how it lines up with all these other disparate things that are happening at the same time.
0: And I really hope that all the video game studios that Disney partners with on these um, takes note of the fact that how well received a single player rpg is
1: yes that's all we've wanted Mm -hmm. forever Mm -hmm. is a single like when i got the first battlefront game i was like this is not what i want this is not what i want i just want like this the reason i was so excited for this is somebody was like this really like this is the most exciting game since spider-man ps4 so like i wanted a breath of the wild spider-man like i wanted a game that was going to give me that and this game is doing it
0: oh it's so good it's so good. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I've been still alternating between that and Outer Worlds, and I'm really enjoying Outer Worlds as well. But they're just very different games. So um, so
1: I guess we should talk about The Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, so spoilers from Episode 4 through Episode 6. If you haven't watched, don't listen yet. Yes,
0: and so we're just going to – I don't – we're probably – because just don't listen to the rest of the episode. I think, like, if you haven't watched it yet, cut it off here and then come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, so episode four was the introduction of Cara Dune. hmm And um, was it just me, or did that episode feel like a Star Trek episode? Uh,
1: yeah, I could see it. I mean, he he ends up on this land and kind of... So what's funny to me about these episodes is that they are so kind... They're not standalone, but they are... They're, they are a little bit really... Adventure of the Week. Yeah, they're very adventure of the week. They're very kind of procedural, like... And which is not what I was anticipating Mm -mm. from this show. But I think you can feel the Dave Filoni coming through. Where it's very focused on that adventure. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's really slow burn building towards a bigger storyline that we don't know yet. Um, And this one felt very much in line with
0: that. Like, like...
1: uh, I mean, obviously we were joking about this before we started recording, but this show is the Baby Yoda show. It just yes, is. It
0: just is. Yeah.
1: And our, our little our little dude, because I think at this point he the character the the child, as Disney's referring to it, has been you has been called masculine. Yeah, by
0: pronouns. multiple people, by directors and writers and yeah. actors. So I think I am comfortable calling Baby Yoda so, a he. So Baby Yoda is he.
1: Uh, and so this this little kid, this little kid shines in Episode 4. Oh, my lots, God. Lots of spotlight. We got great memes out of it with his, his little, little soup slurping, oh watching Cara Dune and the Mandalorian fight. What I thought was interesting, was we've been talking a lot about Pedro Pascal's body language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But all these articles are coming out about how he wasn't even in Episode 4. Yeah. So now the question is, how much is he really in? Like, we don't know. So Mm-mm. he ha- he was doing uh, some stage production. King, Lear. And so King a- Lear. King Lear. And so couldn't be in the episode. And so just voiced it, just narrated it. And there was another actor who's, I'm um, sorry, his name I've forgotten now.
0: Um, it's basically his can- stunt
1: guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I-, I don't know if it's a stunt guy. I think it's, I don't know if it's a stunt guy or another actor because they had a conversation about, Making sure the body language was the right, the body language, and the and the guy was talking about it very much as actor to actor, like speaking the same language and making sure that they were joining up in their perception of the character and all of these things. So it's it's interesting because like obviously they don't, it doesn't have to be Pedro Pascal. No,
0: and so that makes me even more think even more that they are going to take off his helmet at some point this season because at that point, then why cast Pedro Pascal at all? Right, like, like why, why not do a Chewbacca? Like with Juno mm-hmm. Soatomo, I think his name is, like mm-hmm. why cast anyone of a name because I mean they're paying Pedro Pascal, I mean to I think yeah okay, so I think I think the kind of answer to this is he's going to remove his helmet sometime in the next two episodes. We haven't I, seen it yet.
1: there's been too much focus on it in the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. That I agree with you. I think it's coming, you know, both in episode four and episode six. There's a big focus on whether or not he's ever taken the helmet on mm-hmm. off, you know, for episode four. It's obviously the romantic interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and episode six was the violent, aggressive instinct uh, interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I uh, It's interesting because it's hard to talk about these episodes as a whole because they do feel very like they're
0: very, very disparate. They feel very disparate.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the fourth one, we also got um, the other actress, the other woman who, where there was this kind of very slight romantic yes.
0: interest. I did appreciate that. So, one thing we have criticized the show for, rightly so, I think, is that there aren't a lot of women in it. So, mm-hmm. I did appreciate that there was Cara Dune and also a love interest, not that they introduced a love interest without introducing like i'm glad that there were two women and one of them could be a love interest and one of them was not does that make sense otherwise it's like the only role of women in the show would be a love interest i loved cara dune i thought she was amazing
1: and both women are strong right Mm -hmm. like cara dune is a strong character but also this character named omera uh also a strong character yeah you know she's the only one who knows how to shoot
0: Which was an amazing moment when she, like, raises her hand. It was an amazing moment.
1: Um, The actress's name is Julia Jones. And she was just, I thought, really wonderful. And the moments between her and The Mandalorian were very sweet and didn't feel forced. Mm -hmm. It felt like... What I love about The Mandalorian as the character is that he is this, like, oh my god, he's such a badass and, like, so good. But he is, like, such a disaster. He's a disaster. like such bad life choices oh my god such bad life choices and you see it in the second episode and the way that he interacts with the jawas and then you see it further in these like last three episodes i'm like what you're making just bad decision after bad decision bro like what are you doing like he's a great fighter
0: he is a he does not know how to be a dad. No, I, I think he doesn't know how to be a dad. And he doesn't know, like, to a certain extent, and I think this is supposed to be, this is not, like, bad writing. He doesn't know what he's doing now because he doesn't right. have a purpose except protecting his child. He doesn't know how to protect a child because he's right. like, been a bounty hunter. He doesn't know how to protect. He does. He, his business hasn't been protecting people. He's been the one doing the hunting. Mm -hmm. So to a certain extent, like, he's trying to find his footing. He has no idea what he's doing. And I wonder if that is kind of the overarching theme of this first season, trying to get that footing and he'll finally kind of – because we know – for example, we know Kara Dune is coming back at some point. We know she's in season two, which is Mm -hmm. filming now. So I'm wondering if he's going to, like, team up with people to protect this kid.
1: But how many episodes can that be, right? Right. Like, you've gotten kind of – Three, like he also, like, just you know, that the bounty is out on this child, and it is a very recognizable child. Why do you keep showing it to what? showing him to people? You show him to everybody. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, I, I, in the fourth episode, when he's like, I'm gonna leave him here because he'll be happy, it's like a really lovely sentiment. And you know, it can't possibly happen, but you learn that that kid has a tracker on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the, ba- the whole point is that you have to protect this child. Yeah. And then what does he do in the next episode
0: but leave the kid on the ship and go try to get a job? Yep. Bro! So, basically, what we're saying is this entire show is about the problems in the Star Wars galaxy with finding adequate childcare at an affordable price.
1: (laughs) That's true, because he has to make money.
0: He has to make money to provide for the child. (laughs) And so, and he has no, he cannot afford childcare. And so, he has has to take his kid to work with him. (laughs) And then he's putting the kid in danger because of it. So this is now my new interpretation of the show, and I'm sticking <laughs> with it. I did I did love uh, in
1: the fifth episode, one, I thought the intro to the fifth episode had the most Star Wars battle that has happened in the show thus far. Mm-hmm. Yes. Between... Um, the Mandalorian and that bounty hunter who's coming after him. And when the bounty hunter is like, I can bring you in warm. Or I can bring you in cold. I love that was like, that's my
0: line. <laughs> and I love that he ends up on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. That was a really nice because it wasn't one of those things where he's like, oh, of course he's on Tatooine because it's a Star Wars. Like he's looking for somewhere out of the way. He's looking for it makes sense. Like yeah. that he would go to an outer rim world. Um, and so, and I, oh my god, Amy Sedaris, like, are you so kidding? Good, so like, good.
1: And show like having the relationship between this kind of like brassy old lady who's like a mechanic and this sweet little baby Yoda was so Aww. cute. Aww. I I do hope at some point that we're gonna get the backstory of how. Like the full backstory, not just those hints that we've gotten so far of why the Mandalorian hates droids so much, which obviously Clone Wars and da da da. Yeah. But like the specific story to our. Yeah,
0: just like flesh out, like, I mean, because it's clear that droids killed his parents and killed his family, but like what happened? What happened to him after that? Like how did it, like. How did he end up where he was? Like Mandalorian, like I know they all call him Mando, but like Mandalorians had names. Yes. Like and this character has names. a name, Pedro Pascal has said we will learn his name,
1: so like waiting to hear what the name is, waiting to hear like more you know we're six episodes deep, and we don't really still know anything about him mm-hmm. except for these very, very small hints we've been
0: getting um but going back to that the fourth the fifth ep- fourth episode, um I did really like I liked that. I liked that he helped people because he's not in the business of helping people, but I also liked that it was in a realistic way. Like, just because this bounty hunter meets this kid, he's not going to, like, all of a sudden have a heart of gold. He saw incentive in it for him and for protecting the child, and he was like, okay. And did he go above and beyond what he needed to? Yes. They did not need to teach them how to take down that ATST, And... So, but it was also in self-interest like trying to find if I want to find a safe place to leave this child, I need to get this stuff out. So there is some self-interest, but I did appreciate that like you can see is you can see him changing. Like you yes. can see the effect that 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 baby Yoda is having on the Mandalorian and I appreciate that it's subtle and it's realistic.
1: Right. I mean, it's interesting because in the
0: fifth episode, you know,
1: he basically leaves. Well, okay, we we should talk about Ming-Na Wen. Yes. yes, He shows up like that was a really exciting moment for me when I'm looking. I'm glad she's not dead. Yeah. Because I was like, if they brought her in for a single fight scene and then killed her off, I was going to be pissed off. Right. But. There's clearly going to be more story there between the two of them. Like I thought, she did a good job for the small like moment she was given. Um, but I was, you know, he left McNown for he met, he left the, the assassin for dead,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then he goes and then remind me, he shoots the kid, right? The kid, yeah, because Shoot. the
0: kid is trying it's- basically trying to take him in, take him and the ba- or the baby in. Yeah, and so he shoots the kid.
1: Mm-hmm. And the kid, dead.
0: Yeah. And so, but in this latest episode, he doesn't kill anybody. No, and I thought that was really interesting. Right? I thought, I was actually quite shocked when Same. they, when they, like, at the, because I was like, oh, he killed all of them. Of course he did. Like, that's, you know, that's, it's. That would be nor. That's what I would think would be normal for him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't kill anybody. And he didn't out. kill any of them. And he was very adamant about not killing the New Republic officer. And while he said that he didn't want to bring down that trouble on his head, I don't think that was the only reason.
1: I I'm so interested to see it because I mean I will be honest. I found everybody in the latest episode to be super grating.
0: Yeah, I I will say this was definitely my least favorite episode of the season so far. <gasps> There was, you know, sometimes it's um,
1: the woman who played Tonks in Harry Potter plays the yes. yes. in this episode. And I just really didn't like her interpretation of what this character was. Like, she was so over the top with the, like, tongue and the hissing.
0: And it was just, it was so, it felt so. Out of place for what this show has become. It felt out of place for what the show has become, and for a show that has so few female characters, and that she's the only female character on this episode, it felt very not right. It was a lot.
1: It was just like, I didn't even mind, like, Bill Burr is in this episode, uh, and Clancy Brown plays the devil guy. Whoever
0: I never remember yeah, what that alien the de- name Deva, is. Deva Deva something. Yeah, like I don't Deveronian,
1: care, I think. right? Like, fine, it is what it is. We all know the story of why that thing ended up in there, which was like they had leftover props or whatever. Um, but Clancy Brown played that character. Bill Burr played a uh, Bill Burr basically. Um, Richard Ayoide, Day, who's oh, I probably said that real wrong, but from the IT crowd, voiced the droid, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Oh, my God. Where are you? Oh, I looked at the wrong episode. We're on chapter six. Yes, chapter six. Natalie Tenna played the Twi'lek. And it was... Like, everyone was so aggressive and over the top. Like, there's that moment where they're doing the standoff with the Republic officer, and it was, like, that episode of The Office where, like, Michael and... I think it's Toby and, like, someone else are, like, standing off for, like, hours. You're like, what are
0: you doing? Yeah, I – there there's th- – this episode was really tense for me, like, when he got yes. locked in the – um I was like, oh, my God, yeah, gonna like going to take the baby. I paused it and was just like, I can't watch this, like, because I've talked before about how, like – and I think everyone has it. Te- like, just anxiety over the baby because that's who we're watching the show for. That's what I was like. Also, there was much too little baby Yoda in this show. Far too episode. little baby Yoda. I'm like, episode. do they think it's called The Mandalorian and not The Baby Yoda Show? Because it is not called <laughs> The Mandalorian. The title of the show is The Baby Yoda Show. I'm not sure what they were thinking, but like, oh, wait, 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 it was, wait, wait. the scenes we did get were super cute. Shoda Baby Yoda. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god.
1: No, I agree. The scenes that we did get like were
0: super cute. Super cute, super like, but and I, I did appreciate And in insightful the light. actually insightful into Baby Yoda's powers and yes like, what he can and can't do. And that moment where he's, like, trying to use the Force and is like, wait, what happened? What did I do? What did I do? I and then I was like, don't worry, it wasn't you, kid. Yeah. It wasn't you. It was but That was so cute.
1: <laughs> there's a moment at the end that I thought made the episode work better for me, and it's when the Mandalorian turns around and he's like, I told you it was a bad idea. Yes. And I'm like, at least you know. Like, I understand that you need money, but I'm like, bro,
0: what? And I'm so glad he got paid. Oh, same. because like I'm like, oh my God, it's been like episode after episode where he's trying to make some money and like he is just not getting paid. and it's like he has to like get paid at, it has to work out at some point. Like he needs it. And so I need I am glad that he finally um did get paid. but oh, going, sorry, going back to uh, the Ming Na Wen episode, can we talk about that final scene? Oh, yeah. Well, you, okay. have, you have some. I have on. some theories. So the final scene you see um, basically Mingna um on the ground, like, you know, and then you see someone walk up to her that has a cape and spurs and you don't see who they are. You just see their feet, but they have a cape and spurs. And so like this immediately, like, who else has a cape and spurs? Boba Fett had a cape and spurs. So it's like is this Boba F- like now so it's like is this Boba Fett was this Boba Fett what did he survive the Sarlacc pit because in the old expanded universe I think we talked about this before but Boba Fett was actually able to crawl out of the Sarlacc pit um and survived. In this universe in the um in this current expanded universe we don't know if that happened but what we do know From Chuck Wendig's, I think it's the first book, The Aftermath. There's an interlude with um, Jawas on Tatooine selling, like, pockmarked Mandalorian armor. And this guy buys it and decides to become, like, sheriff of Tatooine. And, like, I don't know, go and, like, you know, I don't know, kill, like, you know, like, I don't know, enforce the law, but there's I don't think there are really like laws on tattooing. So anyway, you get my point. But so yeah, I yeah. okay, so my thing is I do think it's supposed to make us think of Boba Fett. I do think it's it might even be Boba Fett's armor. I don't think it's actually Boba Fett. God, I hope it's not Boba Fett. I hope it's not Boba Fett. I
1: really hope it's not Boba Fett. I just there's nothing I want less in the world than for Boba Fett to show up in the show.
0: Yes. I, I I don't mind I, don't, I don't want mind, it. I don't I don't mind Boba Fett's armor showing up on the show. Someone else wearing sure. it. Sure. I just I I I don't want Boba Fett. We don't show,
1: need yeah. it. We, we don't, don't need know. it. It doesn't. The show doesn't need it. We're fine without. Yes. Like don't. Like it's okay. Yeah. We we don't need it. Um, can I? Why? Okay. This doesn't. This is. This is just a small bone that I am picking. But Cara Dune and Caleb Doom. Why?
0: Yes. Same. Same. Yep. Why? It's a, it's a huge universe. Caleb uh, Dune is uh Doom is um Kanan Jarrus's real name from yeah. Rebels. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree.
1: I will say there
0: was an uh, there
1: was a line in this episode that I thought was interesting that um the the guy that The Mandalorian goes to see about the job, mm-hmm. who I actually really like that actor and I liked I liked that character. Um, although I guess now hit that's moot because his ship got blown up. Um, he says that ship's a ghost, which I thought was interesting because yep. that
0: is the name of it the would, ship. Yeah, there are a lot of connections with um, rebels on the sh- the show. Understandably, because Dave Filoni is producing. But like, wasn't there a Lothcat? At one there point? was a Lothcat. Yeah.
1: So it seems. It oh, a isn't G- Dave
0: Filoni was in the last episode? Did you yeah, recognize it? Yeah, Dave him? Filoni was. Yeah, I was like, movie? wait, what? He was one of the pilots. The <laughs> that, pilot. I was like, that really looks like Dave Filoni. <laughs> yeah, but. Would it be? Yeah. No, I am like 99% certain that was Dave Filoni. Unless
1: he has like a twin. Yes. But
0: that really
1: looks like him in yeah. the, as the pilot that blew up that ship.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I bet that was Dave Filoni. But yeah, there are a lot of Rebels connections, which is understandable, but I'm, I'm hoping there's a larger significance there. Yeah. Know that it means something and that they aren't just like
1: these little Easter eggs. Yeah. Because there's now it's been several of them.
0: Yeah, and that's like, how Rebels started. Like Rebels started having little Easter eggs that harkened back to the Clone Wars series. Yeah. And, and but then, then they it became more and more intertwined as the show progressed. That being said, by the fourth season of Rebels, you kind of had to have seen Clone Wars for everything to make sense. And I don't want that to get to the I don't want this to get to that point because. And I don't but I don't think they would because those are both animated series and this is like a live action series that has drawn in a kind of different not different audience, but additional audience.
1: Yeah. No, I I I'm of two minds. Um because of the timeline and because of the significance of the of Baby Yoda, basically, like I feel like it has to tie in on a grander scale. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that means. Yeah, you know, like I feel like you can't like that's such a huge thing in the Star Wars universe because Yoda was it, right? Like you yeah. had these like extended universe ones, you have Yaddle, but like really Yoda was it, and it was mm-hmm. a huge thing that we don't know his species, we don't know his story. So to see another of his species exist is should have ramifications on the the entire story. Because otherwise,
0: what's the point of it other Mm -hmm. than just to be like...
1: Like, I don't want an empty bomb drop.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I definitely agree. But I also want to be able to understand it without having... Yeah. There's always that and there's always that tension in an interconnected universe. For the most part, Star Wars handles it well, I think. Sometimes they could handle it, you know, better. But it's also I do understand that I personally appreciate them rewarding people who have, you know, invested Watched this much everything. time. Yeah. Did <laughs> this much time and effort into it. Like I do appreciate, like I was telling Preeti, like God, like reading, I have no, I never uh, realized how useful reading those Chuck that Chuck yes. Wendig trilogy <laughs> would be. But like, I feel like I keep talking about it on because feel like, and then this happened. Yeah, and this happens, like it like, is. This. Like it's been. <laughs> there's been so much, um, so much like just so many little Easter eggs in that trilogy, and I did see Chuck tweeting someone who asked about the armor that his intention was to imply that Boba Fett was dead but um the armor lived on and it, it was never specified in the book that it was Boba Fett armor it's just Jawas having Mandalorian armor that they'd scavenged on Tatooine like you can put two and two together um and so it was his intention to that that was Boba Fett's armor and so which would mean Boba Fett was dead but you know he didn't, like, state that outright, so we don't know what the Star Wars universe's stand on that is.
1: It does seem a little bit like the Mandalorian, our our Mandalorian, has more of a sordid past than we would have anticipated. Mm-hmm. With his connection, like, the, the history that he clearly has with these two Twi'leks, mm-hmm. um, which I'm interested in.
0: So we are six years past Return of the Jedi, right? Right. So it's conceivable that he only became a bounty hunter after the fall of the Empire. And before that, he had a different career. Yeah.
1: Like, he could have been... Like, imagine if a Mandalorian shows up with Cad
0: Bane. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is a Clone Wars character. Oh, um, God. Who is great. He's, he's I don't know, he's just so, like, morally, like, ambiguous and gray and, like, terrible. Like, it's just, he's just a great, it's just a great character.
1: And he is, like, an old-school Western character. Like, speaking of giving us major Western vibes in The Mandalorian, like, Cad Bane is a Western character. That would be interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how if slash how they would ever do it, but I think it would be like that's a tie-in that I wouldn't mind.
0: I did think one thing I really liked about this episode, the episode six, was we saw a lot of species that I've only since the original trilogy we've yeah. only really seen animated. Yeah, the Deveronian, the Tweelaks, like you we saw you so. It was almost like surreal seeing like actual actors playing them because, like, you see, I've seen them a lot in like Knights of the Old Republic and in like Clone Wars and Rebels, but you don't really, you we haven't really, there hasn't been a lot of live action Star Wars if you think about it. No, so, we haven't
1: seen like, and I don't know that we've ever seen like a, a male Twi'lek live action. Mm-mm, I don't think so. Right?
0: I don't think so because either. Because I think the only oh no, we have uh, what's his name? Uh, Jabba the Huts. Oh, that guy. He's so weird Why am I, never, I, I never saw him as a Twi'lek
1: cuz he was so like so weird, weird and looking. pale.
0: I'm and I, with his red red eyes. I am what how am I blanking on his name? I don't remember. Well anyway, um I'm sure someone will let us know what it is. Um but we yo yeah, but we haven't seen many for Twi'leks being such a classic Star Wars, you know, race. We've only seen two of them. I if I'm if I'm counting correctly, in live action Star Wars, and they were both in Return yeah. of the Jedi. Yeah. There might have been some of the prequels that I missed. To be frank, I haven't seen the prequels as many times, so I don't have the stuff as well. We yeah. Used, no, there we... there is at least one two leg Jedi Master. Yes, I was going to say there is a two leg Jedi Master. Bib Fortuna, sorry. Bib, Bib, Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. Yep. Bib Fortuna. It's going to bug me until I remembered. We got there. There's just so much potential mm-hmm. in the
1: Mandalorian. But I, I do, think yes,
0: that's, I love right? seeing these people f- like in live action because it just makes it feel a little more real, and um, it is really mm-hmm. nice to see these. It's really nice to it's just really nice to see these characters. Um, now,
1: so we did say we only have two episodes left, mm-hmm. and we still think that it's going to somehow tie into Sky Rise of Skywalker.
0: I mean, I would like it to, but there's only two episodes left. I I will admit I didn't think that this is the way it was gonna go same not at all Mm -hmm. and that's fine it doesn't have to conform to our expectations and not conforming to our expectations doesn't mean it's bad but it's just this is not what I expected so I'm not I still think there's got to be something to that scheduling but I don't know what but I don't know
1: what so the last uh why did I close that the last episode I think is written by Taika Waititi okay
0: and I'm sure it's going to be longer. Like this episode was like 45 minutes this long. Is, yeah, this is longer so than was they've longer been. So it's longer than they've been. So they're getting a little bit longer, maybe to tell more story.
1: Although they spend a lot of time, there was a lot of stuff in this episode that I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like the you know, I did. Okay, I will say I liked the visuals a lot in this episode like the visual of the new republic ship and also the notion that there is this thing that the new republic will just come in and blow shit up yeah no questions asked if they
0: if like something beeps we've never seen a no re- new republic army never no. so that th- is this messy. is the first time we're seeing like this is the first time we're seeing like a new re- any sort of new republic like armed forces Because all of everything we saw in The Force Awakens was resistance forces.
1: Yep. Because the First Order already exists.
0: Yeah. And has already, like, kind of
1: come to power in The The Force Awakens. So this is... It kind of makes me see how the New Republic could be making people angry. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Like, they didn't... That tracker wasn't even on a ship that they recognized it wasn't on a new republic ship mm-hmm. it was just a ship and they saw obviously they saw this other one getting ready to fire but they didn't
0: know it what and then yeah. they just blew it up yeah yeah that's bananas dave filoni bad job dave filoni what are you doing blowing up random ships in space Oh um, there. No, but I agree. Like this is the first. Like this is some of the, it's it's bananas. But this is some of the first inner workings of the New Republic that we've ever seen. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's interesting, and I ha- I kind of hope we get to see a little bit more in the next few episodes. Yeah, in the in the two episodes we have left. Yeah. Huh. Okay, I feel like that we
0: kind of covered almost much everything, everything. Covers it, right? yeah. Um. Okay, so let's move on to some things we love. Um, right now, I am reading Bad Blood by John Carreyrou, which is the um, Theranos book. And everyone who has told you that this book is incredible is absolutely right. I'm, It's incredible, and I am absolutely hooked. Um, and I am not necessarily late to, like, the Theranos story. Like, I, I followed a lot of it when it was going on, but um, because of the tech aspects of it... Um, but I hadn't sat down to just, like, read the, like, story cover to cover. So, anyway, it's really good. Highly recommend it. And then I read this new book that's coming out in January called The Majesties by Tiffany Cao. And it's basically this family drama that opens with, like, it's, like, this Chinese-Indonesian, like, very wealthy family. Think, like, a crazy rich Asian's level of, like, opulence and wealth set in Indonesia, not in Singapore but it opens with the daughter, one of the daughters of the family poisoning the entire family. And so then the book, like and killing all of them and the book is told by the sole survivor and basically goes back to like, tell you like what happened and how it came to this and all this. And it's, Super interesting and dark, as you can imagine, but really, really good. And I feel like one of the big criticisms of Crazy Rich Asians was that it didn't examine like where the wealth came from enough. To be that wealthy, you've done some really terrible. You know, like I mean, it's just there's a lot of ruthlessness that comes with that kind of wealth, and this book examines that in a better way. So.
1: Um, I am super into Surprising No One. I just read the fourth Trials of Apollo book, which actually came out in October, uh, The Tyrant's Tomb. And it took me so long to read it because I was still so intensely heartbroken over the end of the third book from like two years ago. <laughs> because Rick Riordan is
0: amazing. I was gonna say, does Rick Riordan know it took you that long to read his latest book? Because like, no. I feel like he would be disappointed in you. pretty. He might
1: be, but it was just so like, the end of the third book is a doozy. The The series is so great. Like, what I love about Rick is how inclusive he makes these universes. And so this is a middle grade series. And the main character is very openly bisexual. And it's awesome. I mean, it's Apollo, of course. But it's Apollo as a 16-year-old, like, in the body of a 16-year-old named Lester, mm-hmm. essentially. Because he's been, like, thrown to Earth by Zeus. Because Zeus is mad, as usual. Um, it's so funny. And now that it's over, I was like, I kind of just want to start over. So I started reading the Percy, the first Percy Jackson book again. And they're just, they're just awesome. He just like knows how to write for kids in this really lovely, amazing way. Yeah. And he, um,
0: um, through his imprint, Rick Riordan presents, he has like lifted up so many authors of color. Like it's pretty good. Yes. So many good
1: books. Um, very quickly, kind of speaking of which, if you are of South Asian descent and you're a writer and you have a book coming out or had a book come out, I guess in the last like three to five years, I would say, uh, swing by my Twitter because I'm trying to make a database of all these books so that we have a list of books to support by our community. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't see it on there, because I tweeted a couple of days ago, just at me and I will send you the link.
0: Um, yeah, do that. Yes. Um, We're part of the Hard Knock Life podcast network. You can um, find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. Today we want to shout out Occupy Me. This is the first fictional drama podcast in the Hard Knock Life family. So it's about a sci-fi – it's a sci-fi thriller about Earth's first contact with two entities um but it's also a comedy and it follows a trio of average earthlings who cross paths with the extraterrestrial visitors and learn of their parallel missions one seeking discovery the other scheming towards galactic domination so anyway (laughs) i believe two episodes are out now and so um yeah subscribe to that listen to it um it's a podcast that would love your support because if you like it and you listen to it and share it uh nerds of color will do more of them so uh, and, of course, thank you to our
1: Patreon supporters, Fazia and Meredith Smith at the $10 level, and Sylvia, Martha, Brandy, Rahul, Jordan, Annie, Claire, Brian, Robert, Maya, Guy3, and the Knot family at the $5 level. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Geek Girls, and I am at Scissors, And I am at S Krishna. And until next time,
0: we will we'll see you in hell! In hell!
1: <laughs>